Hello, I'm James Fuller and welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. This is a special edition of the Politics Pod, which for once doesn't feature a politician. Instead, my guest today is Dr Andy Sloan. He's the former state's economist who's at the heart of finance and tax issues in Sir Charles Frossard House, uh, whose career path since then has taken him to the Guernsey Financial Services Commission and Guernsey Finance, and he's now operating as a climate risk consultant. Dr Andy Stone's always been an avid political watcher. He even stood for Parliament in the UK uh, and ended up as a councillor of the city of Hull before he moved to Guernsey in 2008. On the 29th of September, the states will debate the tax review. Dr Sloan, uh, with an interest in this subject, has gone through the report and the numbers. So we had a chat about his findings for the Politics Pod. So, Dr Andy Sloan, you were in Frossard House at the time of the introduction of 010 back in 2008 uh, and also involved in establishing the original fiscal framework within the states. Now, the narrative from 2008 period onwards was that there was a black hole created by the move to 010, but then the states has done very well to keep spending in check over the uh, decade ongoing from that. You don't necessarily agree with those figures, do you? I think the figures, I don't necessarily agree with that narrative. I think um, the idea when we introduced Zero Ten, you're absolutely right, I was, uh, I was, that was the year I came to the States, uh, and I wrote that, the original fiscal framework in 2009. Um, I don't think we've been anywhere near as successful as we have claimed to be, and I think that's because the manner of the presentation of the numbers has left a little bit to be desired at times. We started off with a, like a real-term freeze in spending sort of as, as our rule, and that one sort of like fell by the wayside after a while. And if you look at spending over the, the, the decade after zero term was introduced, um, you know, aggregate spending up by 17% in real terms. That's nearly a fifth, you know, uh, that could have been sort of, you know, uh, saved money elsewhere, to be quite frank. Let's examine some of those figures. So the biggest increase in growth came through social security spending. Now much of that is demographic, so isn't that arguably something that's uncontrollable from a state's perspective? Oh, it's good you use the phrase uncontrollable, actually, because uh, myself and uh, Geoffrey Wood in- introduced that to the states back in, I think it's 2011, talking about the notion of controllable and uncontrollable costs. Once you've set your benefit rates, you know, and you've set your criteria for people that can claim, you really have to pay it. So that's why it's controllable um, but the controllable aspect is you can set your criteria you can set your rates the long and the short is though this demographics is a slight misdirection it's not all in the demographics when we did the analysis you know 40 50 percent of it is controllable it's been because of uprating of uh, uprating of pensions and such it's not all about the demographics the demographics for sure are a major factor in the fact that over the long run you know, pensions will go you know, pensions will cost more and if we have less workers we'll all need to be taxed more to pay for it you know to pay for government the trick is is to make sure that you don't uh, that you have enough workers in the future clearly social security is a challenge but let's look at some of the other figures so gdp over the period 2008 to 2018 you've got that increasing by 13.3 percent yeah and i think on this one I've, I've got a bit of an apology to make to the population of guernsey because we introduced the idea of measuring uh, spending as a share of gdp now if you know what you're doing you know what you're counting and you can follow the figures you've got reasonable expertise you can keep track of what's going on but actually um if you sort of say yeah we've our, our gdp increased by 13 percent over that 10 years you go that's that's all right isn't it and spending increased or revenue spending increased by 15 percent you go oh 
well that's nearly the same that's you know it's been held in check isn't it Andy you know that's not bad is it 15% compared to 13% and I said yeah, yeah but there's there's two points about that though social security went up by 20% so your total growth went up by 18% so public expenditure went 18% and GDP went up by 13% for sure but wages only went up by 4% and the thing is our system taxes wages so the real worry was is that spending the growth rate, the, the increase in gro the growth rate of spending was four times the growth rate in wages and that's what's caused the you know the, the bigger tax burden profits mainly drove uh, gdp growth and it's that that lack of transparency in what's been presented or maybe a lack of understanding of what's been presented that's led to this sort of belief that somehow you know this we, we People don't appreciate that we've actually taxing and spending an awful lot more now than we were 10 years ago. Okay, you um, also were involved in your time in the States in establishing the uh, annual fiscal review. Uh, what was that aimed at achieving? Well, the purpose of that was transparency. The idea was in the UK you've got the Office of Budget Responsibility uh, and I think in Jersey you had the fiscal policy panel and my proposal was look we've had this fiscal framework, we have this set of rules, what we need to do is have a third party come in and report on that, um, you know, to, to basically on behalf of the public uh, to keep, you know, oversight of the politicians and, and broadly speaking that's what it did. It, it worked for a while um, but then it was quietly killed, quietly shelved. Um, some point you know, in, in the last state's term, uh, I assume that it was you know making awkward comments and you know publishing um, unwelcome truths, um, and you know it's something that you know I think we need to go back to today. You know, obviously if you ask me, yeah, I'd, I'd do it every year, but you know the, the whole purpose of this was be because of the review next week. There's some mistakes that I've spotted in the numbers uh, that I think the public needs to be aware of. That fiscal review uh, was the first reference, I believe, to the now frequently quoted in the tax review anyway, um, headroom, uh, taxation headroom, 24% uh, of, so the limit that's been uh, suggested by the states, 24% of GDP, in fact approved by the states, 24% of GDP, uh, where historically states spending was 21% of GDP. So this headroom, is that coming in your calculations or how did that come about? This, and this is what started getting me looking at the numbers and going back and trying to figure out what on earth had happened over, the, over that 10 years. Because frankly, the framework as it was originally proposed was, look, rule of thumb, expenditure tomorrow as a share of GDP equals expenditure yesterday as a share of GDP. Basically, in the long run, expenditure ought to be broadly the same. And that's how we came to the original fiscal framework of 21% of GDP. As GDP had been measured then. In 2008-2000, we'd been measuring GDP the same way for 20-30 years and since 1969, so the, the figures were reliable. We could reliably measure as a share of GDP. Um, and then you fast forward 10 years to the, the fiscal uh, framework review of last January, also January 2020, and a couple of things had changed in, the time, in that time period. One is that aggregate, now covered aggregate expenditure, i.e. didn't just cover T&R spending, it covered SSD spending as well. And so that became a 28% figure at some point in the last decade. And then the other thing that happened is, is that the method of GDP changed, or the method of calculating GDP changed. GDP itself didn't change, but we, the way we added it up differed, and so it became bigger, yeah, a lot bigger. And in fact, it was, um, it was actually about 30% bigger 
But unfortunately, what had happened was, and I've discovered this by looking at the numbers, is a mistake had happened in reported GDP. So it hadn't actually grown by 30%, it was more like 20%. Sorry, it, 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 it published as 20%. So when you went back to it, the new ratios were wrong. Long and short is, so 28% corresponded to 21.5%, not 24%. There was basically, you know, computer error in my favour, you have a 3% spare headroom of GDP. Uh, and that's wrong because the, the principle was we were spending the same amount of money tomorrow as yesterday. When, if you look at the report from PNR in of the last term in January 2020, there's a figure in there, I think it's figure 5.2, and it says, look, spending by the state's total spending, that's revenue spending and social security spending, has always averaged 21% of GDP. That's the new GDP, you know, the 3 point whatever billion. And you go, no, it's not changed. And it's like, well, okay, if it's, if it's never changed, and you set the fiscal framework with reference to what you'd always spent, where did the 3% come from? It, you know, it, it doesn't reconcile, it doesn't sense check. You know, so you've got this, this path of 21% of GDP, but where do you get the 24% from then that created this 3% headroom? Well, it was a, a mathematical error. So that when the GDP was recalculated, actually, I'm sure the states knew that they made the mistake in the GDP. In fact, I remember people talking about it at the time. It was aware of, and it quietly got buried. And so no, it wasn't really publicly acknowledged that there'd been a bit of a mistake for a few years. But I'd spotted it, and I told the states at the time, because it was pretty obvious if you follow the numbers. Unfortunately, it looks like, you know, left hand and right hand, whoever did the read, redid the numbers for the fiscal framework rules, didn't know. So they got the numbers wrong. So we ended up with 24. But the other thing is, it was a convenient sort of fallacy, because the notion of headroom popped up about 2014, 2015. Ironically, again, because the GDP had been miscalculated and gave the impression that somehow spending had fallen as a share of GDP. Now, if somebody just looked at the numbers and had the nows to look at it and, and understand what was going on, they'd have sense checked it and go, hang on a minute, something's going wrong here. We need to redo the numbers because we're clearly going wrong. What happened was we started going down a, a false path and it ultimately ended up with providing, providing people what they wanted. You know, ultimately, whether by accident or design, we ended up with this 3% of headroom, spending headroom in the fiscal framework, which, lo and behold, was conveniently uh, helpful for us to raise taxation going forward. And the fact is, it's not there. So, so yeah, so your argument is the old PNR was wrong to suggest that the notion of increasing expenditure to 24% was in line with the economic principles of the fiscal framework? Yeah, because the principles of the fiscal framework were expenditure compared to, you know, forward to back. And whether they were wrong deliberately or by you know, accident is sort of, slightly immaterial for now. What we need to do is be aware that we haven't, you know, we shouldn't be this self-congratulatory 3% spare headroom because actually, if somebody had thought it through in the last PNR, you know, when, when the last administration, how does that work? We've just produced you a picture that says, look, spending has been unchanged for 20 years. Well, if that's the case, where'd your headroom come from? You know, go figure. And somebody should have gone back and done the maths and realized that actually it wasn't. Because the principle was you set spending in the future roughly was what it was in the past. Now, you might need to change that because the future might be more expensive, you know, in terms of relative costs, pensions, etc. Yeah, like that's the demographics yeah. issue, perhaps. But the idea is, absolutely, um, but the idea is you, you need to keep it, you know, to be able to afford that sort of thing, you need to keep tight control of your current expenditure. And if, you, if your costs are going up, you know, if, you, if you're increasing spending by 15% just on your general revenue, 
you're not able to find the ex spare to fund the more expensive future. So you've already argued that uh, state spending has not been controlled, or was, was not controlled in the decade uh, after the introduction of Zero Ten. Uh, in fact, you're saying that, that islanders have been paying, whether they've recognised it or not, have been paying significantly more tax over that period. Yeah, I mean, Zero Ten was introduced, uh, the tax system was changed, and the burden on individuals went up by 10%. You know? And then if you look at then the following, that's bank that 10%, you know, by structure of the tax rate. Then if you look at it and you go, well, oh, hold on, spending then went up by 15%, but my wages only went up by 4%, the burden was another 10%. Because what's happened is, is that allowances have been moved away, things have been moved away, a little tweak here, a little tweak there. You know, it's like this salami slicing of increasing of your taxation. And lo and behold, suddenly your burden's 20% more than it was before 0 10. You're all paying for it. You know. um, but it's been over a long period of time, so people, I th I've, I've felt it, I've noticed it, but you know, um, because of the way it's been presented, I think I don't think it's been properly appreciated just how you know if somebody sat around and said let's introduce zero ten and introduce tax burden by twenty percent, they might have gone hold on a second, sounds rather expensive. Um, and truth be told, you know we filled the black hole five six years ago. The <laughs> the following five six years has been extra spending, so you know filled it once and we've been taxed another black hole on top. So you're not a politician, but you know, you, you, the tax review will be debated by our states members next week. Um, you know, looking at it with a uh, critical eye, what would you do from here? Well, I mean, the reason I published these numbers is I read the report over the summer and thought, you know, that's wrong. I need to sort of make it public that some of this, this analysis that's been done over the last decade is wrong. And for states members, I don't want them to have a false prospectus that they were given by, their pre, by the previous fiscal uh, review you know, in 2020, to think that, there's an, that raising 3% of GDP or extra tax is, a, is an easy, easy path. It's not, there's no free lunch. It's, it really is genuinely saying, OK, we're going to increase spending by about 10 or 11% again, you know, because that's what it is. Um, and it really, acknowledging that if the future is going to be more expensive, they need to, A, maybe, oh, I'll come back to a different way, Jim, actually. I did a report back in uh, 2011, I think it was. It was, I mean, you can Google it, it's still there. Um, it's about long-term spending projections. And basically it showed you, you know, if you varied the number of workers or how much you paid pensions or the, the retirement rate, all that sort of thing, you know, uh, mortality rates, or how the different uh, scenarios panned out for taxation or the cost of the public sector. Um, and I did it to inform debate. You know, the idea is that we've got to think wasn't suggesting that this was a forecast of the future. The idea was you're going to need a mix of policy issues. I never expected that for 10 years we would just default to raise more tax, to cut, you know, raise spending, raise more tax, raise spending, raise more tax. At some point you've actually got to cut your cloth a bit better and actually your, your core costs have got, have got to be reduced. If you want to have money, it's guns versus butter. You always want some guns, you always want some butter. You can, you know, it's, not, it's not an either or, it's a, it's a both. If you're going to need to fund you know, an ageing demographic. A, make it more affordable. B, make maybe my personal contribution more. And C, stop spending so much money elsewhere. And they stop spending so much money elsewhere, I think. If we had, if the state's wage bill had only increased by the same rate as the private sector over that 10 year period, there would be another 40 million quid spare revenues. And that would broadly cover a lot of your, your demographic pressures over the next few years. You know, so, you know, these are choice variables. They're not, you know, not preordained. The idea is you have the, um, 
you have the information to be able to make an informed choice and go down a particular path. For sure, there's probably going to need some more revenue raised in, in the future, but that needs to be mitigated by actions taken today. So a mixture of measures really is what we should have been going for and potentially by leaving it so late we've backed ourselves into, not really. into a corner? I mean, not really. I mean, the ageing demographic things, it's, it's like a, it's a scapegoat. You know, futures, you know, it's, it's easy to say. You, know, you, don't get the, you, know, the, you don't get the UK government trying to balance the books today for 10 years' time. They get them balanced, you know. So the, the future is all, you know, the tomorrow never comes, is it quite? But broadly speaking, we've not wasted 10 years, but we could have been in a better position if we'd been more honest with ourselves about what was actually happening. It's the lack of transparency and the lack of honesty about what's actually happened. You know, the, the, the blurring of absolutely everything is, you know, the, the numbers. You, know, you look at some of the state's numbers now, and I, want, I just want the number. And I can't get the number. I get spurious, granular, you know, spurious analysis. And I'm like, just give me the number. You know, I'll work out what that means myself, thank you very much. Just publish the number, please. You know, and there's too much of that that's gone on, which makes everything very difficult to follow. Because quite frankly, you know, the fact that spending has gone up, general revenue expending has gone up 15% in 10 years in real terms, we ought to know that. We ought to know that the 4% of the wages only increased by 4% after 010. We ought to know that the finance sector wages fell in real terms after 010 for the next 10 years. We ought to know that public sector wages increased relative to everybody else. Those things should be just economic facts that people should be well aware of, but we're not. You know, we've allowed this, it to become very opaque and untransparent, you know. I, I, that's the purpose of publishing this, so that the states can make an informed choice. You know, it's not sleepwalking to, you know, raising the tax bill another 10% and finding after people that are going to generate the revenues go somewhere else. So that was Dr Andy Sloan uh, with his views on the forthcoming tax review debate, which the states will be having on the 29th of September. Uh, he's written an article for the Guernsey Press, which should be in the press on Wednesday, the 22nd of September, and also be online if, uh, if you want to look back and have a look at it. Uh, and we'll next be back with the pod on the 29th of September, where my colleagues Simon Delarue and Helen Bowditch will be back with the six-minute states at the end of that day.